Wrestling Contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Welcome everybody to a very special double header episode of the Fretzelmania podcast. I of course am Mr. Fretz reporting live and in living color from Chiefs Kingdom, the 2023 Super Bowl champions. Once again, Jermaine, our Kansas City Chiefs did it once again, albeit in probably controversial fashion. But I'll take it. Cheers. And folks, thanks to everyone who reached out uh, last week. Uh, I wasn't feeling the greatest. I couldn't really talk. I was still working. But, you know, I managed to have one day off to rest and relax. And that would usually be the day that I record podcasts. But I decided against it. So this week, I'm going to be giving you a double header. I'm going to be giving you two Smackdown reviews in one. That being February 6th and 13th, 2003. Stay tuned. And Ant, I'm sorry about Philly, bro. Folks, right off the bat, with the Double Decker episode, I'm going to be giving you two weeks worth of Raw, TNA, and Velocity. So first, we have Monday Night Raw, February 3rd, 2003, from Washington, D.C. And on this very night, we had three-minute warning defeating the Dudley Boys. Victoria, with Stephen Richards, defeated Molly Holly. Lance Storm and William Regal defeated Book Dust to retain the tag team titles. Rob Van Dam beat Payne by disqualification. D'Lo Brown beat penultimate main event Maven in three minutes. D'Lo Brown, of course, is accompanied by Theodore Long being the sole member of the Thuggin' and Buggin' Enterprises. And in the main event, Scott Steiner defeated Chris Jericho to become once again the number one contender to the world title. And we're getting Steiner versus Triple H again. Good Lord. Oh, God help us all. Now, February 10th, 2003, from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California, we had Test with Stacey Keebler. Yes, we are in full-on testicles mode here, folks. Defeated Christian. Booker T defeated D'Lo Brown with Theodore Long. Jazz beat Molly Holly. Kane and Rob Van Dam beat Three Minute Warning. The entire... Dudley Boy family, that being Bubba Ray, Spike, and Devon, although Sign Guy Dudley and Dances with Dudley and Big Dick Dudley were nowhere to be seen, 
Uh, they defeated Chief Morley, a.k.a. Val Venus, in a match, a handicap match, where Chief Morley's job would be on the line. And since Chief Morley lost, he's fired. Batista defeated Tommy Dreamer in 27 seconds. And in the main event of that show, uh, Chris Jericho beat Jeff Hardy. You know, Jeff Hardy was uh, not long for the WWE at this point in time. A bit of you know, unprofessionalism, a little bit of uh, substance abuse, unfortunately for him. Uh, the last WWE event I went to was this coming May in 2003, and Jeff Hardy was supposed to be there, but he was released. Now we got two weeks of NWA TNA to talk about here from the Fairgrounds Coliseum in Nashville, Tennessee. And in the dark matches here, we had Jimmy Rave pinning Matt Seidel, Tony Mamaluke, and David Young beat Rod Steele and Lex Lovett. Now that is an indie name from the late 90s, if you ever heard one. A veritable who's that in the world of indie wrestling. Chris Harris and James Storm, America's Most Wanted, beat Jason Rumble and Rocky Reynolds when Storm pinned Reynolds. Now, this is a match that sounds like it's right out of Fire Pro. You know when you play Fire Pro Wrestling and they have legally distinct names for certain wrestlers? This looks like one, two of them. And in the dark match main event, we had Kid Cash pinning Shark Boy. Now on to the main show of NWA TNA pay-per-view number 30. Or A. Estrada pinned Glenn Gilberti. Thank God Disco Inferno is an idiot. X-Division champion Sonny Stiaki pinned the Amazing Red in what was probably a damn good match. The Tenacious Zed, because I refuse to pronounce it Z, you silly Americans. Oh, and by the way, that's um, Zach Gowan, you know, the one-legged wrestler. Pinned B.G. James. Ron Killings beat Jerry Lynn, Mike Sanders, and David Flair in an elimination match. Lynn pinned Sanders and Flair, and then Killings pinned Flair. David Flair in 2003. Oh, boy. Trinity pinned Desire, and who is Trinity? Uh, look her up. She was a damn good women's wrestler from back in the day. And in the main event... The tag team champions, Triple X, represented by Elix, Prime Time, Skipper, and Low Key had a no contest with the Disciples of the New Church, Brian Lee and Slash, when Slash pinned Skipper and Low Key pinned Lee in a double pin. And as a result of this, the title is held up until, I believe, next week. Now on to next week, NWA TNA pay-per-view number 31. Tony Mamaluke beat Sean Evans via submission in a dark match. David Young beat Johnny Swinger. Paul London making his first appearance in TNA. He would be hanging around here at this point in time. You know, TNA and ROH had a working relationship. And it wouldn't be much longer until we see Paul London on WWE TV, which I'm looking forward to because Paul London was... One of my most favorite underrated wrestlers ever. He defeated Crew Jones. Who's Crew Jones? I didn't look it up. And then Jose and Joel Maximo, one of the favorite tag teams of the Apron Bump podcast, beat Matt Stryker and BJ Whitmer. Uh, Kyle, 
you and I got to have a chat sometime to do some collabing down in the future. Okay. Okay. In a dream match, a match that would be a dream match in 2023, let alone 2003, because all four of these guys are still wrestling. Well, one of them isn't so much. America's Most Wanted beat the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, who I believe wrestled the match in 2023. Uh, these guys have been wrestling about as long as I've been alive. And I'm turning 31 in two months. Uh, yikes. Big yikes here. They, they still got it, too. And uh, Ricky Morton's quite the follow on Twitter. He's a sound gentleman. The Harris Twins beat the Disciples of the New Church. Kid Cash pinned X-Division champion Sonny Siaki to win the title. We got a new X-Division champion. Ron Killings, Jorge Estrada, Zach Gowan beat Mike Sanders, Glenn Gilberti, and BG James Road Dog when Killings pinned above average. And seriously, what kind of gimmick is that? Like, I'm above average, Mike Sanders. I'm 60% Mike Sanders. Yeah, I was at a just above average student, and it's a miracle I even have a college degree to my name. But you'd be proud of being above average. I mean, I am. I'm proud of the way I am. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then uh, Steve Carino beat low key by disqualification. Jerry Lynn then won a gauntlet match. We had a bit of an X Division showcase here where Shark, Shark Boy pinned both of the Maximos. Jimmy Rave pinned Shark Boy. Tony Mamaluke pinned Rave. David Young pinned Mamaluke. Jerry Lynn beat Young by submission. And the final two, Jerry Lynn and Paul London. A dream match among dream matches. A match that probably happened a whack of time on the Indies, or even in Ring of Honor. Uh, Lynn pinned London in the final. So I believe this might be an X-Division number one contendership match, if I'm not mistaken. Jerry Lynn and Kid Cash. ECW, ECW, ECW. And then Raven pinned Sandman in a false count anywhere match. Just call it Raven's Rules. We know what Raven's Rules are by now, right? Okay, now we got two weeks of the Apron Bump and Ari Era podcast's favorite show, Billocity. That being Velocity with Bill Mott. Speaking of Bill Mott, he beat Phil Brown on this show. Nunzio beat Finaki. John Cena beat this young upstart named Brian Danielson. I wonder how he's doing these days. I'm going to I'm going to look him up. Oh wait, he is on my my phone's um lock screen wrestling Chris Jericho in Toronto. I think he did just fine. And Edge BDA train. On the 15th, the following week, Shannon Moore beat Knox o'clock himself, Mike Knox. Bill DeMott beat Finaki, and for the Cruiserweight Championship, this being, I believe, the week before No Way Out, Billy Kidman beat Jamie Noble to retain the championship. Now, wasting no more time, folks, we got SmackDown number one from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, sorry, Eagles. Uh, fly, fly next year. 
I guess. There's a big-ass box for the Undertaker being raised to the roof and then being shuffled onto uh, the entrance ramp here. It's an apology box. And this is going to be an underlying theme for the big show of The Undertaker and Paul Heyman for the next little while. Rock is here via satellite. Hogan is here tonight. We got the tag titles on the line. And we got Angle versus Benoit. But to kick off this show is a cruiserweight showcase featuring Rey Mysterio and Jamie Noble. Flips and counters. Oh my. Jamie Noble lands a really nice clothesline and a mwah, chef's kiss. Gutbuster, a wheelbarrow bulldog by Rey Mysterio. Try and say that a few times fast. A crossbody, a DDT. And then Noble bumps into Nydia. Or, no, bumps into the ref, I'm sorry. And then Nydia jerks Rey off. The ring apron. We see a powerbomb reversed into a seated senton. Noble bumps into Nydia, and then they're both in position for a 619. And Ray lands the 1238. That's a double 619 for you math whizzes. A West Coast pop, and Ray wins this opening match. Live via satellite from Hollywood, California. Hollywood Rock is cutting a promo. Finally, The Rock has come back to Philadelphia. But not really. Hydrate yourselves, kids. He is live in the people's kitchen. I'm cooking a cheese steak. Is it going to be whiz wit or without Rock? Well, just kidding. Rock wouldn't eat that. He wouldn't eat Pat's cheese steak. He is lactose intolerant. The Rock would get all... If he did that, now get me some of that Tampa Bay tofu. Okay. If you're going to be trashing steak, and then you're bringing tofu in, you're going to eat a tofu instead of steak, one of the most delicious, one of the most healthy foods on planet Earth, and you replace it with a lap of, pl with a blob of plastic. Yeah. I'm sorry, vegetarians get heat from me. Huh. I was raised by butchers, right? So, yeah, that's why. That's why. Uh, last time that I returned to Philly in front of the Rocky statue, you were all chanting my name. Then the crowd starts chanting Hogan's name. Like, I'm always going to be the people's champ, but you boo the Rock? He then brings up Donovan McNabb. Mike Smith, the third, the best third baseman ever. That's, that's arguable. You boo greatness just like them. There's one man who you never booed, and that's Hulk Hogan. Okay, Rock, um, I know you weren't watching WCW during the 83 weeks that Bischoff was kicking your ass. Why don't you go back and watch some early to mid-NWO black and white stuff? You'll get Hogan being booed there, for sure. Then he asks Hogan, The Rock does, if you want to do a commercial 
do a 1-800-I-want-to-get-my-ass-kicked-by-the-rock, the great one. That's... That's that's too many digits, Rock. That's longer than 0118999881999971253. If you get that reference, uh, I love you. The Rock knows that's way too many numbers. At No Way Out, The Rock's gonna lay the smack down on your handy ass. Next up here, speaking of The Rock, we have Rikishi, who did it for The Rock. Going up against Nunzio. That present is still on stage. I mean, there's going to be a couple of different ones over the next couple of weeks. Spoiler alert. And it's giving me gobbledygooker vibes. Nunzio tries to jump Keith into this match, but the big man dominates with a urinagi, a slam, a super kick, a butt bump into the corner, a bunzai. And that's that. Rikishi puts on a hat and dances. Then Nunzio says, You're trying to disrespect me? No, man. The people I'm with, Haizan, you just made a big mistake. And as soon as I heard that, I was all like, Hey, Paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. The Clemens, the game. Yeah, I just watched that Super Bowl teaser with the Super Mario Bros. plumbing business to the Super Show rap from back in the 80s. That's good shit. Oh, that, 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 that's so good. Uh, this, of course, is the full-blooded Italians, the FBI, being foreshadowed. So I guess Nunzio is no longer Jamie Noble's cousin, because that hasn't been mentioned on commentary for quite some time. We then get in the ring with the present ceremony, and I thought this was the one, you know, with Canyon Boy George, that whole thing. Uh, but it's not. Uh, so I remember I was talking to Ricky back and forth about this, and it's like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this. Did you watch The Dark Side of the Ring of Canyon? By the way, that Dark Side of the Ring, oh, that's a hard watch. That's a really hard watch. Anyways, uh, Paul Heyman has a big present for The Undertaker. It's a humongous wooden box, like a huge wooden crate like you would see on freighter ships uh, transporting fish from Japan to the States. And it gets craned into the ring, and I'm thinking, this is a rib on somebody. And when I saw who came out of this, it's definitely, definitely a rib. And then, you know, Paul Heyman's like, you know, Undertaker has turned a deaf ear to my client. And, you know, but this is for you from the big show. Door opens. I love you. Oh, by God, it's Barbecue Bruce. It's it's Pritchard. It's 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 fucking brother love here, folks. And that's definitely a rib on Bruce. You might have to go back and listen to some of the old school something to wrestle with and see if I can find this. That's a rib. Brother Dead Man. I bring you a message of love. Do you remember who brought you here to the WWE? <clears throat> um, yes, Mr. Fretz, you have your, your hand up. Uh, yeah, that was Ted DiBiase that brought him to the WWE. Thank you very much. Anyways, Brother Love takes credit for Ted DiBiase here and says, 
Do you remember the lessons of love that I gave you? Do you remember that The Undertaker dumped your ass for a more suitable manager in the late William Moody, a.k.a. Paul Bearer? Oh, yes. And then Taker says, do you remember what I did last summer? And then choke slams and tombstones him, except he doesn't know what Bruce Pritchard did last summer. And he just choke slammed and choke slam and tombstoned him just to be a dick. And yeah, that was 100% a rib on Bruce. Backstage, Hogan meets Brock. They have a stare down. Hulk Hogan knows what Brock did last summer. Literally. Last summer. That being 2002. Uh, when Brock kicked his ass. Ended Hulkamania. Wiped the blood of Hulkamania on himself. And beat that man to a pulp. We ain't seen Hogan since then. Or before his return a couple weeks ago. They have a stare down. Then Brock just says, Welcome back. And they walk away. Next up here is Matt Hardy, version 1, versus Billy Kidman in a non-title match. A Matt Hardy match, you know what that means. It's Matt Fact. Matt has a TV-DVD combo in his car. And Taz goes to Michael Cole, Oh, you have Nate Track, Cole! Cole's like, yeah, I actually have a cassette player. And his other Matt Fact here, Matt usually exceeds the speed limit. Don't we all, Matthew? Don't we all? Last week, he had an attack on Billy Kidman. Moore is out here taking a bullet for V1, but to no avail here, we see a side effect and an elbow. Matt with a sleeper, Kidman with a kick. The twist of fate is reversed into a stratisfaction by Billy Kidman. The shooting star press is denied. The twist of fate was reversed into a pin. And Matt Hardy is... Uh, leaning up against the the uh, commentary table, saying that Billy Kidman got lucky, and I vow to cut weight to win his cruiserweight title. I'm at 230 pounds right now. I'm a heavyweight. I'll, I have to cut 10 more pounds, and I can compete for this title. I'm going to win the cruiserweight championship. And Michael Cole says, good luck. Take some stacker, too. That, that was good. Like Mike, Sometimes Michael Cole is good. A lot of people poo-poo on Michael Cole. But he's damn good at his job. Backstage, Kurt Angle is hyping up Team Angle and says that a real eagle says something about a real eagle, not a Philadelphia eagle who embarrassed themselves last night. Uh, I wouldn't say that they embarrassed themselves last night. Uh, they might have got screwed over by the refs. Which I'm going to say that, and I'm a Chiefs fan. But then, you know, he... Talks more trash about Philly and fires up Team Angle for their upcoming match. Next up, here we have Los Guerreros versus Team Angle for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. We see a big Eddie stole my more sign because stereotypes, am I right, folks? And Kurt Angle, uh, I'm sorry, Eddie Guerrero here is cheating a little bit behind the referee's back, and this is kind of being referenced. As his gimmick, you know, he lies, cheat, and steals, and that kind of thing. Paul Heyman is coaching from ringside. This match is starting out as a big old schmoz. We see that really nice leapfrog spot that, that Benjamin and Haas do. They go for another, but is denied. We get another schmoz here. And the hot 
tag to Eddie Guerrero, who is on fire for this match. Latino Heat is cooking. Hold up. Hold, let him cook. We then see the Tres Amigos. Oh, muy bueno. The three amigos. Eddie, Eddie and Chavo go for the power and glory finish. The superplex and the frog splash immediately after, but to no avail. A tornado DDT, and then Eddie goes for the frog splash. Shelton locks down. We get a big old schmoz again. Haas and Eddie with a really nice belly-to-belly -belly spot here. The double superplex is denied, and Eddie does the sunset flip bomb. <clears throat> the sunset flip bomb off the second rope. A frog splash onto Shelton, but he is not the legal man. Charlie Haas with the Oklahoma roll on onto Eddie and new tag team champions team angle. What a match. I mean, this was just a technical masterclass in, in wrestling here. You got two amateur standouts and you got two like work rate, old school ECW, WCW style wrestlers here. Great chemistry between these both teams, both of these teams. And it's, Awesome to see Haas and Benjamin get their moment so soon, get the rocket strapped to them. And man, what a career that both of these are going to have. Hulk Hogan is in the ring, and, is, and then he is interrupted by Hollywood Rock almost immediately, who then motions Rock, no, motions Hogan, I'm sorry, to talk as if he was a Hollywood producer. That was That was a really nice touch. That was really, really funny. Okay, Hogan, just, just fast forward to the part where you say, well, let me tell you something, brother, and go. Well, you know something? Mania. And goes on and on, you know. And and while this is happening, while Hogan is jibber-jabbering, uh, the Rock's like, oh, oh, well, tofu's ready. Tofu's ready. Okay, you're eating tofu. Okay, now you're a heel. In my family's eyes, we're all butchers here, folks. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, get that pie ready. Okay, maybe not so much of a heel. Crucial credit. Hogan says that Vince has the audacity to say that he created Hulkamania, and then he killed it, and then it's on life support. He says that Vince McMahon is full of shit. He said a swear. Hogan says that Vince McMahon is scared to get into the ring with him, and we go from there. Sean O'Hare, the devil's advocate himself. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. He is here, having a chat backstage with Brian Kendrick, a.k.a. Spanky. He says he likes his guts. And O'Hare encourages him to make an impact. No, not go to TNA, because they're not in the impact zone yet. You're, you're wearing Nike shocks, right? Wow, remember those shoes, folks? I want you to do something. I want you to streak through this building. Like in that commercial? Yes. Just like in that commercial. And uh, Google it, kids, if you don't know what that is. Maybe turn Safe Search on just to be safe. We then get A-Train versus Shannon Moore. This is a quick squash match, a train wreck. It's over. And then you see Kendrick streaking throughout the arena in nothing but a scarf. Now, everything was all you know, pixelated, and he couldn't see, you know, Brian's Kendricks. But it's heavily implied that he was nude. 
here. I don't know if he was because, you know, the, the sensors would have been all over it. It could have been flesh-colored underpants. I can't remember. He then ducks Albert and runs, hides under the ring, and then streaks right into Stephanie's office and says, Oh, hi, hi Miss McMahon. I am very excited to meet you. And then Stephanie looks down at his dick and says, I can see that. She must have liked what she saw. Cena challenges Brock Lesnar to a match next week, wearing old-school Harlem Globetrotter gab here. Uh, Metal Arc Lemon is referenced during this whole bit. He says that Brock sucks as bad as the city of Philly. F5 stands for Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum. I'm dumb. He couldn't beat a cripple in a dance-off. Oof. That one didn't age well. He challenges you next week, and conspicuous by his absences, Red Dog is Rodney Mack, who is no longer his heavy. We then get Angle versus Benoit in the main event non-title match here, and this is the same work-rate match that we've been seeing from Angle and Benoit since spring of 2000. Fantastic chemistry here. It goes all the way back there. That toothless aggression shirt, I mean, come on. We don't like Benoit here at Fretzelmania. We put over his talent from back in the day, but, you know, we don't need to have this conversation again, right? And once you've seen these two matches between these two, you've kind of seen them all. Although the Royal Rumble 2003 one absolutely stands out among them as, as the best. We see Benoit with the chops. Angle with a bunch of suplexes. Heyman with a belt shot. See a crossface, a roll through. German suplexes. Another crossface, ankle lock. Back to the crossface. An overhead German suplex. Benoit is busted open here. Air Canada is denied. And then eventually we get a clean win with the angle slam. And SmackDown ends just like that. There is a show of respect between the two. Benoit is very reluctant for obvious reasons. But is ambushed by Team Angle. Because it was a setup all along. Edge comes out for the save, Brock comes out for the save, and we have a big-ass brawl to end this week's SmackDown. Gonna put on a little bit of a break here, folks, and when I come back, we got SmackDown from February 13th, 2003, on the road to No Way Out. Stay tuned. Welcome back, one and all, folks, to Wrestle Addict Radio, The Cure. For the Common Wrestling Podcast, be sure to listen to the rest of us right here on the War Network, including my good brother from another mother, my former Game Changer Podcast co-host, my favorite wrestling banana, that is Nate, the effing great himself, giving us our Tuesday dose of TNA Wrestling in Grace for Impact. Also streaming every Wednesday night on YouTube, Twitch, and just about everywhere else is the Kings of the Rings podcast, Willie T and King Ricky Rose, our lovely general manager, of course, uh, the Queen Bee themselves, D.K. Murphy, had to take on their Legends contract as they got a promotion at their job, and hey, congratulations, I love you, I wish you all the best, and I invite you back on Flexomania. Uh, not back, you haven't been on. 
I invite you on Pretzelmania anytime that you wish, and I hope to hear from you again sometime soon. Also, kick off your weekends in proper YLP fashion with the newly returned Young Lions perspective. Good Brother Zach is back from the hyperbolic chamber and is doing very, very well, Zach. I'm super happy to have you back on board right here on Russell Attic Radio, folks. Check our links in the description for our merch, for our Patreon, for our Discord. Join our Discord and we shoot the breeze, we share the memes, we share the memes that wind up being on the tip of the crown. Uh, mostly it's tweets that I find funny throughout, <laughs> throughout the week, and it's damn good time, folks, so be sure to join us right here on Russell Attic Radio. Say it with me, folks, that you're for the common wrestling podcast. Now, back to SmackDown in 03. This week's SmackDown is not live from Bakersfield, California on February 13th. And we are kicking off this immediately with a banger match with two very, very talented young wrestlers in Charlie Haas versus Edge. The All-American from Seton Hall versus the All-Canadian from Orangeville, Ontario, Canada. Just a couple hours away from where I live now. And now that we're back in California, I have a an eagle, I guess, ear, eagle eye ear for those loud ass AC units. And throughout the beginning of this match, I could hear a generator or a compressor or an air conditioner very, very loudly. It sounded like a helicopter. We, of course, see uh, the rust tape on Charlie Haas. You know, every time he went out there, he put rust on his... Uh, on his wrist tape. Of course, that is a tribute to his uh, late brother, Russ Haas, who was a uh, developmental wrestler. Died very, very young, I think, of some kind of congenital heart defect. It was rather unfortunate because the Haas brothers were having dark matches right up until uh, he passed away. And this is a tribute to him. I think Team Angle, in a way, is a tribute to Russ because Russ would have definitely been in the mix. I mean, I've seen a little bit of his stuff. He looked exactly like Charlie, but a little bit thicker. But man, if I can look into today, I get Creed Brother vibes out of them. Like they are beasts. Edge hits a really nice wheel kick. We see an almost ref bump and Edge and uh, I think it was Jimmy Corderas here, two Canadians here in the ring, just having a very polite, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm very sorry. And then Toss hits a really nice T-bone suplex. I'm more of a, a strip loin kind of guy, if I can be honest here. We see here, I mean, you suck chance kind of done to Kurt Angle's theme because there's no theme going on here. There's not a lot of rhythm, not a lot of, yeah, rhythm. Haas with a Northern Lights suplex, and Taz can always appreciate a really good suplex. And eventually, Haas has a suplex here. Edge counters a German into a German suplex of his own. The Edge-O-Matic, which has won no matches in the history of matches. 
Edge goes for a DDT. Haas with a really nice amateur roll-up. Edge with a flapjack. Paul Heyman distracts from the apron, gets speared off of it. He takes a bullet for a team angle, but eventually Haas has a victory roll and pins Edge clean. Crit Angle is in Steph's office, smelling her roses, kissing her ass, giving her her own rose that he was smelling there on her desk, probably from Triple H. I'm getting SummerSlam 2000 vibes out of this, folks. I'm saying 2000 so much because that's a year I'm going to want to review when it comes to wrestling, so stay tuned for that another time. He says to Steph that we are a perfect match. And as he was trying to continuously hit on another man's wife, Brock Lesnar bursts through the door here. And am I interrupting anything? Uh, actually, Brock, yes, yes, you you are. Bro code, dude, come on. Now, Stephanie sets up a six-man tag team match for No Way Out. That's Team Angle versus Brock Benoit on Edge. Although one of those wrestlers would not see that match. And once again, we get Rikishi versus Nunzio. The match never really gets underway because this is an angle. Because it sets up the debut, should I say the return, of the full-blooded Italians. Well, no, this is the... Yes, the debut. I'm not going back to edit this. Uh, Chuck Palumbo, once again, making an appearance here, this time as a member of the FBI. And Johnny the Bull, who then jumped Rikishi... Nunzio gives him the kiss of death and says that we're family. Okay, uh, the FBI are here. Awesome. Rey Mysterio versus V1. WrestleMania 19 comes early. Start taking notes, Nate. And tonight's SmackDown is brought to you by Taco Bell. 2003 was the last time that I ate Taco Bell. Why? I'm not going to tell you why, because you can just leave that to your imagination. Knowledge, the anti-drug, and Stacker 2. I swear we're not the leftover Ico Pro in the Titan Warehouse. To this week's Matt Facts, Matt always gets more Valentines than his brother. You choo choo choose me? And Matt doesn't give flowers on Valentines, only chocolate. And Matt Hardy here is cutting weight, you know, Tony Chimmel, weighing 230 pounds. Correction, weighing 223 pounds, or 22, he lost 8 pounds in a week. And that's impressive. That's a lot of cardio, and I wish I could do that, if I can be honest with you. Uh, Matt is just drenched in sweat here. He is wearing layers. He's, he's not wearing his traditional garb. He's got, like, two shirts on with his trunks. And he is just dripping like a Christmas ham here, folks. Just absolutely nuts. A 619 is missed. A plancha is denied for Rey Mysterio. Moore tries to get some cheap shots in here. And Moore is the, uh, he's being the towel boy here, kind of waving off uh, Matt Hardy every chance he can get, just toweling him off, pat drying him, you know, airing him out, if you will. We see a side effect and a surfboard and a torture rack by Hardy. It is then countered into a bulldog, seated senton by Rey. Uh, someone's shoe is in the ring. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. Springboard moonsault by Rey Mysterio. A springboard corkscrew into a side effect for Matt Hardy. And Matt here, I mean, he's gassed. His cardio is done. He's out. 
A leapfrog into a powerbomb is denied. He had a 619. And while Shannon Moore is fanning Matt Hardy with the towel, 619, West Coast pop, and Ray wins. And then Matt is once again leaning up against the commentary table here, absolutely gassed, saying that he's not at full strength because he's dehydrated. And I'm going to go cut these two pounds so I can win the Cruiserweight Championship. So Matt Hardy is just one good dump away from, from making weight. So go do that, Matt. Go, go take care of some business. Benoit is backstage doing push-ups because we have Albert versus Benoit. But first, Sean O'Hare having a chat with Brian Kendrick backstage. And we see this spanky, silly sizzle reel to friggin' circus music here and funny sound effects. Get it? But streaking is funny. Bill the Mott looks on here, says, you want to make an impact? And starts beating the crap out of him. So if you want to make an impact in wrestling, go get bullied by an old pro. That'll definitely do stuff to you. And then Bill and Sean get nose to nose. And Sean's like, I think he's had enough. But I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. And now the aforementioned Benoit versus A-Train match here. And Benoit got pink eye. His eye looking all nasty and stuff. Crossface is denied almost immediately as A-Train is outpowering him. A lot of outpower spots. Some shave your back chants that are brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, by the way, Manscaped's new um, body wash and buffer. Very nice. And no, WrestleLock Radio was not brought to you by Manscaped because that might be the only thing I bought from them. No, I bought the cologne. It smells real. It smells real good. Uh, please don't sponsor me Manscaped. I don't. Not necessary. We see this really nice uh, stretch board, inverted full Nelson, gory special-esque submission by A-Train, who then just says F it and drops to his knees in just a move that looked like it would break your arms and your back all at the same time. Benoit hits three Germans on A-Train in a very impressive spot here. In Air Canada, Air Canada, say my own country three times fast, holy crap, is denied a bicycle kick. No, that was a two count, and Albert screams, that was three. The Baldo Bombers reverse into a cross face, and Albert, A-Train, whatever the crap you want to call him, just don't call him Lord Tensai, taps out. Corey Wilson is getting invited to Girls Gone Wild by, by Joe Francis, plugs the Girls Gone Wild pay-per-view and dear God, those dead eyes on that man and this trashy, trashy shit that used to get sold on late night TV. Like when you fall asleep on the couch, you wake up at two in the morning and you see the ads for Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, WWE, well, namely Nadia and Tori Wilson, did a co-promotion of this. I didn't bother looking into it. I didn't even bother watching it. OSW Review did a review of this, and even then, they said, you guys can probably sit this one out. Just, just don't. Oi. Now Crane is lifting a present into the ring to The Undertaker. Now, I thought that was something else. But you then hear, Ooh, better than Canyon! And then Canyon just gets the shit kicked out of him. 
I thought this was the Boy George one, but I think I looked ahead onto next week's SmackDown, and I think we get there next week. Backstage, Shannon Moore is cheering Matt on as he is doing cardio on the exercise bike, encouraging him to cut those two pounds. Funaki challenges John Cena to a rap battle. John Cena just shrugs him off. And then we get the Stacker 2 Burn of the Night team angle winning the Tag Team Championship. Next up is Eddie versus Shelton in a great technical high-flying match here. Haas eventually distracts Eddie here. And Shelton Benjamin wins with the Dragon Whip, a.k.a. the Money Clip. If you know the Money Clip, if you know it's all about the Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin, hit me up. Hugh Hefner. Yeah, the owner of Playboy himself announces that a WWE diva is going to be in Playboy, laying the smackdown for that thing. Oh, speaking of laying the smackdown on your genitals, we got the Valentine's Day Braun panties match. Tori Wilson versus Don Marie. Taz speculates that Stephanie McMahon's going to be in the spread. Uh, and then Tori wins, shows her butt to the crowd. And then they speculate that uh, Tori Wilson's going to be the one and Playboy. Spoiler alert, it is Tori Wilson. Next up is the main event of the evening. Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. It begins right here, folks. Cena wraps his way to the ring saying, Me beating you is like you winning a spelling bee. God gave me strength but forgot to give me brain. And he says that the... Brock has a tattoo of uh, of his mother on his back. And then Brock Lesnar just proceeds to uh, beat the absolute piss out of John Cena. Not to the extent of SummerSlam 2015, but pretty damn close. Uh, suplexes, F5s, and wins. Brock then invites Kurt Angle to watch his match. Nope, nope, Angle decides not to. And then we see the F5 into the ring post spot that Brock Lesnar used to do a whole whack here. We get a promo off here, setting up No Way Out in WrestleMania. Kurt Angle's like, no, I can't do this. I have a sinus infection. Brock Lesnar calls Kurt Angle a chicken shit. And then Team Angle tries to come out here. Brock unloads on them and Kurt Angle scuffers off the ramp. So that'll do it for this double header, double decker episode of Fretzelmania, folks. Thanks for, for bearing with me here. You can follow me on all the social medias at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Although, honestly, I want to get rid of TikTok. I want to get rid of Instagram. So I'll just be using Twitter for now. Uh, I'm on Facebook. There's a Fretzelmania page on Facebook that has a ridiculous amount of likes. I think they think it's uh, something else or they're a bunch of fake pages. I, oh, I'm always posting there. I'm usually live tweeting Monday Night Raw or some other wrestling shows that I'm able to watch. So follow us on Twitter at addict underscore wrestle, wrestle addict radio everywhere else. I probably said that earlier. I can't remember. I have a very bad short-term memory. So folks, next week we're on the road to No Way Out 2003. Till then, keep your stick on the ice.